welcome to the Theater Queens podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Ellie. And I'm Alyssa. We're going to do a quick dive into the news, a deep dive into a classic musical, and an even deeper dive into Andrew Lloyd Webber's cute side. That's right. We're talking about cats. Yes! Cats. Oh my god. I've I've been training my whole life for this episode. I (laughs) have not. I've been training today. (laughs) Guys, I have thoughts, but first let's get into the news. Ricky? Okay, so again, Broadway still shut down, but more announcements came out. The musical Diana, which they announced a while ago, was going to be coming to Netflix. They officially announced some dates. Ooh. So they're going to be coming to Netflix on October 1st, and then they're going to officially go into previews on Broadway December 1st, and then open December 16th. That's fun. fun. Yes, and it's, it's it sounds like it's like a really cute production. It has Gina DeWall, who I loved in American Idiot. It has Judy Kay, who's like a Broadway legend, and the music is by David Bryan, who was from Bon Jovi, and he also did Memphis and my, one of my favorite shows, Toxic Avenger, which is also a crazy, weird show, but that we could get into another time. Yeah, I was about to say. And in other news, uh, I don't know if y'all heard, but Army Hammer, very much I, in the news right now, he just got officially kicked out of the production of The Minutes. He was in Shocker. Interesting. Good for them. Bye-bye. Well, yeah, he was a He's a scumbag. Yeah. He said, quote, I've loved every single second working on the minutes with the family I've made with Steppenwolf. But right now I need to focus on my health for the sake of my family. No, no, no. You're a creep. Stop. Sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> so cats. All right. So cats. So let's get into our deep dive. Again, this week's deep dive, we are talking about the, the crazy musical Cats. The pro shot is currently available on Broadway HD, as well as the movie which I don't know if we'd recommend, uh, but the movie is available on various streaming services too. If you want to, if you want to do that to yourself. I wouldn't, I wouldn't watch the musical either. I, oh. I, I, I will say, first of all, we all went to the movie when it came out. It was Together. three. We, the three of us went to go see the movie in theaters when it came out. Mm-hmm. And that was a totally different experience. I have to be honest. When thinking about the movie as opposed to the musical, I'd prefer to watch the movie. Really? Because I hate... Because the movie was technically bad. The show did well at all the technical aspects, but it failed in a lot of other things, and we will get into it. <laughs> but what I think you're talking about mostly is, like, story. Because <laughs> in... Um, it's partially story, yeah. Yeah, because it's the musical story. has, like, a... A thinly veiled kind of story. I wouldn't even yeah. call it plot. At least, but in the movie, put in a plot though. Yeah, in the movie, which is also like my issue with like the film version of Rock of Ages, where the movie version, they they take shows that don't take themselves too seriously, and they're like, we are going to take this so seriously. Yeah, and the for the film of Cats, they really were like, we need to put a plot in here, whether there's a plot or not. But it made it slightly better. Anyway, Ricky, let's start with you. Overall thoughts. Overall thoughts. I mean, overall thoughts of the musical production, the pro shot of the London cast. I love it. I grew up watching it since I was a child, dancing around, singing those songs. And just the theatrics and the grandeur of like 
the crazy looking craziness of the show uh and the music is really fun and it's just very silly and some and like a bunch of the characters are very lovable and fun y'all are staring at me with the shadiest of shady faces that's i'm not trying to be shady um i think i think there are some lovable characters but the problem is in order for there to be lovable characters there needs to be actual characters there are characters Um, for the most part for the most part the characters kind of establish themselves and then disappear with the exception of like maybe one or two like grizabella is there throughout the whole thing old deuteronomy is there throughout the whole thing other people are there throughout the whole thing Mungustrap is the, the main <laughs> male yes, singer. Yes, he's there throughout and... the whole thing. And there are people who you have like tiny little callbacks to, but the first people have their own song. Uh, some of the characters from the first act, Jenny Annie Dots, pops up in the beginning and then we never hear from her again. Rum Tum Tugger pops up in the beginning and then the only other time you hear from him is for Mr. Mistopheles' song. At, but like, Christopher Jones does not appear again. But that's, I mean, I feel like this show kind of shows about what, like, what does a character need to be a character? So I um, have, I arc. have a, a whole. Does it need an arc? It still exists. It still is a character. I have, I no, have a whole. If it doesn't have an arc, about, it's dressing. I have a whole, like, long tangent talk about what the falls of this show is and it and it and it all surrounds personally my i i think my favorite song in the entire show and that is skimble shanks the railway cat yeah. if we're if we're if we're if we're, if we're not like going by song i could just get into it right now skimble shanks the railway cat he's a very fun lovable cat why is so, he your favorite, Ellie? So okay, so so let's just let's just get into it. Both in the film and in the show, why cats both works and doesn't work is, I'm going to use Skimbleshanks because it is my personal favorite. Like I I've been singing it all week. Thanks the, the railway cat. Um, so both in the film and in the the show, they there are these moments of like you know, seriousness, there's, there's overarching stories. And then right before McCavity comes and we sing McCavity the song. Fabulous song. A great song. Unbeknownst to anybody, Skimbleshanks the Railway Cat comes. <laughs> like, hi guys. And, and it is, it is, it's a bop. First of all, yeah, in both the film and the the show, yeah. But then, once Skimbleshanks is done, there's nothing. We we don't get we don't get him. No more Skimbleshanks. Nowhere we get him. Nowhere else in the movie or in the or in the show. It it he just doesn't like he's there for that song and then he's done. And I think that's what cats is yeah is we're not we're not there are no characters because we're not following individual people we're it's it's this cat here and then that cat there 
with the movie, they were trying to make it more story driven and emphasis on the word trying and failed trying. because and failed because essentially Skimbleshanks. Skimbleshanks is the make or break of this musical. You you introduce, no, he is because you introduced Skimbleshanks as the, in in the show stopping number, if you will, of this this musical. So, so Skimbleshanks, especially in the movie, Skimbleshanks is like, is like this grand, very loud, obnoxious number. There is no ending. Like, it just is, and then it isn't. Yeah. And that's that's what Cats is supposed to be. Cats okay. is supposed to be a focus of these cats in their normal life. Yep. I think that um, very that sums it up very well of what the show is. There, there isn't characters. They're cats, if that is the easiest way to explain that. They are cats. I just... It, it works and it doesn't at the same time. With a Broadway show, you're going for a story. Are you? And you don't... It depends. It depends on the person. It depends. It depends. I feel like this cast is a good example of when you go to the theater, when you are seeing a musical, do you need a story? Or is this show... I feel that this show is just purely for entertainment. Okay, but if it's purely for entertainment... Why are you not entertained? Sorry, it wasn't very entertaining. There were a lot of dance numbers that were so boring. They were not pulled off well. The choreography for this show, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The choreography is like legendary choreography. It sucks. They're cats, again. Cats I'm going like... to be saying that throughout the entire thing. <laughs> it's not supposed to be good. It's supposed to be cats. <laughs> no, I looked at I looked at the reviews afterwards. The one of the ones that's quoted on the Wikipedia page, and the reception. In general, the reception is either you absolutely love this show or you fucking hate it. There were some songs that were great. You saw, especially that overture is such a bop. The overture is great. Okay, here this is in regards to the New York Times article. It says that he found Lloyd Webber's songs to be cleverly and appropriate. But- appropriately pastiche and was impressed with how Lynn and Nunn distinguished each character through personalized movement. However, he panned Lynn's choreography and felt that the musical failed in its vague attempt to tell a story. Listen to me, as someone who watches dancing for the dancing, who loves ballet and going to see dance numbers, the choreography was really unimpressive. And it's possibly because it's a time capsule and it's sort of indicative of Broadway dancing at the time. Yes. But it also, as a modern viewer, it's not looking back on it, oh, we have to forgive it, it's false. It's looking back on it, we have to say what we think, which is, honestly, it's not impressive. I can see why it set up such an example for how shows would behave in the future, and I can see where people got their ideas from. But honestly, if it's if I'm going for the spectacle, it failed as a spectacle. If I'm going for a story, really? it failed as a story. And what that's because um, it wasn't going for a story. I know. 
but it's a bunch of I'm 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 trying to I was I went into this with the best of intentions you have to understand yeah I went into this knowing that part of the reason everyone hated the movie so much was because it felt they felt like it ruined the musical for them but I went into the musical I started watching it and I found myself falling asleep really I could not track the numbers I could not track anything that was happening um I guarantee you the number one reason why memory is sung so often is because it is the one good song in that musical lies lies <laughs> Liza Minnelli lies. We've established. I am it. exaggerating just a little bit, but I am trying to think of a single other song in that musical that I would listen to on its own. And I can't. For one. No, I would not. I hated that song. Rumtone Tugger. <laughs> His curious cat. I have to say, Jason Derulo was perfectly cast for that. Yeah. Okay. That's another thing. Being I mean, like- the original, he was perfectly cast. Yeah. Um, again, we're, I don't want to talk too much about the movie, but one thing about the movie is Jason Derulo, for sure, was wonderfully cast, and he did his job with the role. Who was, was Jason Derulo? Jason Derulo. I, he did his job. Excellent. I think he did an excellent portrayal of Rumpkin Tugger. He Good did the job. Him. I don't generally like Jason Derulo. I will, I will reasons, disagree like... with that. I think, I think he had, I think he, of the cast, had absolutely the most fun doing what he was doing yeah i think that the song that he sang i didn't understand half of the words he was saying uh and the other half was him screaming the word milk (laughs) okay yeah again certain things they added to the movie not necessary at all that final Um, song are you kidding me i did not enjoy jason derulo as rum tum tugger I enjoyed Jason Derulo as Jason Derulo. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, I mean, if he totally adds that to like one of his songs he plays at his concerts, I wouldn't be mad. But in a movie. Yeah. It's supposed to be cats. It's. We're not even going to talk about Rebel Wilson and how she butchered Jenny Annie Dots. Oh, God. We're not even going to talk about that. It was so that. bad. Seeing the original, I was actually like, oh, so this is much better. Yeah. Although I still have issues with the idea that like either you cast a fat person and you make fun of their weight or you cast a skinny person and you stick them in a fat suit. And either way, I don't like that. But I think because we're talking about cast, it's a little bit more acceptable. But I'm still watching that kind of cringing inwardly. I see that. So it's a cult. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm if I'm like falling behind on the times and I only just came to this realization and everyone else knew about it years ago, but it's basically just a cult. Yeah. I guess it is entirely just a cult. No, it is absolutely a cult. Okay, they hold old Deuteronomy up as this like godlike figure, and then at the end of the thing, one person dies. It's just a cult. It's a death cult. It's oh wait, it's a death cult. Okay, but before we specifically label it as a cult, first we have to talk about what exactly is a jellicle cat. Um, okay, according to Bustle, um, a jellicle cat, the term comes from the poem, specifically, pollicle dogs and jellicle cats. Jellicle cats is reportedly a contraction of dear little cats, and pollicle dogs means poor little dogs. That doesn't explain much. So, but that's the answer. Okay, wait, I'm telling you the answer. The answer 
The answer is it could be whatever you want it to be. It's a cult. You, You're a you jellical want... cat. We are all jellical cats. We it's are jellical cats. You must be you could be one. You could be a jellical cat too if you join us. Join our cult. Join our For cult. a monthly fee of $59.95. You joke, but no, it is. It's that's kind of just exactly how the entire time I was reading this, I was just, oh, this is a cult. This is it is a yeah. But the question is, are they a cult or are they some fictional fantasy creatures? That this is just how that fictional fantasy creature works. Well, as no, it's a cult. Previously established, they're cats. <laughs> but are they in a home? Yeah, they're cats in a strangely cult-like scenario. Okay, so living in cat. homes. They specifically talk about the different types of cats and how they worked with humans. They okay. are cats. Okay. They are not some magical beings. They're cats in a cult. In a <laughs> As a costume designer, I adore oh, the costumes for this show and the makeup design. I think it's so clever. Again, like the little thing. I love, I thought the, again, the mouse helmet and the little cockroach, whatever things that were. I think, was that a thing in the show? I don't remember. Yes, it was. That one was fine. The mice, I loved, the mice mask was. Cool. I loved how they used those pieces, but those pieces were like made out of junk, because they're in a junkyard. Yes. And well, all the little things because... like that, like okay, it looked kind of creepy having the mask things, but like if you looked at it, you're like, oh, that's made out of trash. It's very clever. They do that very, very well throughout the entire thing. Anytime that they're using a prop or anything, it's kind of junk. Yeah. And it's done very well. Um, I have to say that as much as I hate the musical and the various parts of it, that um, it's secretly delightful and you love it. The Tony <laughs> for the the Tony for costume was very fairly well deserved. Won. Yeah, well deserved. The Rum Tum Tugger we talked about. Rum Tum Tugger we talked. Rum Tum Tugger. All we talked about was that we love Jason Derulo. Well, it, that was all of her notes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all of my notes. Rum Tum Tugger. John Partridge. From the Partridge family. I know, like, Kit, like, the fictional characters that kids are madly in love with growing up are usually, like, Aladdin or Hercules. But, like, growing up, I was madly in love with Rum Tum Tugger. <laughs> that's a little weird. Oh, my God. Did you see no, that that's number? Fair. That's fair. Oh, my God. The sexiest of all the cats. Uh, he is. Is it partially because of the leotard? Maybe. but It's the leotard. No, it's his whole, his whole, like. Persona. His whole persona, his whole, all his confidence. He's a curious cat and he'll do whatever he wants. You give me this, I'll no, give you that. No, that's fair. He Ooh. was sexy. He was sexy. The thing that, the, the one I found most sexy, I can't remember if it was, it was Jemima. She's the one who looks just like Demeter, Demeter and Bumblerina and Rumble Teaser. They all look alike. Lies. As a, again, person who knows all the costumes and all the news. Who are you talking? I know, but as a person who was just watching it, I could not tell the difference between them. Wait, what was the name of the cat you like? Jemima. Jemima. She's very pretty. Is that Jemima? I always thought that was Demeter. Who's Demeter then? Okay. Um, Demeter is one of the people who. Sings oh no, Demeter's a different one. Demeter does. She does look just like. Uh, she just does look just like Demeter. Yes, thank you. Okay. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you that all the cats look the same, but I will tell you that Jemima and Demeter do look very similar. Uh, Jemima, Bumble Arena, and Demeter. 
the only time I could tell the difference between Bumble Arena and Demeter was when they were both singing Macavity together. But that was it. Bumble Arena is just very red tone. And Demeter and Jemima have the orange stripes going on. Moving on. Uh, uh, Grisabella's first appearance. I will I will say Grisabella. Yes. Um, just as well, because this was the first time that we, they were introduced to her. I find that the way that they staged Grisabella's whole thing was very well done. Yeah. Was that she, all yeah. she wanted was to be touched. Was to she be just touched. wants to be loved. She just and wanted so to it, be loved. The and thing people, about the touch is that everyone was so afraid of her that she was like, you, can you even that touch was the whole me? Thing. That like some people were like, yeah, I'll I'll give you a high five. Or and like, no, 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 like don't touch her. Everyone else is like, no, 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 don't do it. And like, like you, you definitely feel like the loneliness that Grisabella has yeah. throughout the whole thing. It's done excellently. That is done excellently. Bustopher Jones. I love the tune of Bustopher Jones. I do. I was bored. The, really? the song itself is boring. Like Really? I thought it was really cute. I just I like the, 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 the like I like the the ba, ba, da, ba, 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 da, ba, da, ba. Do you know how boring it is that it is that I've listened to it multiple times and I still can't remember what the tune is. Bustafa Jonesy's on da, da, da. In fact, he's remarkably fat. Uh, yeah, I was bored. Whatever it is. Going back to the movie for a second. I think they hired my issue, my main issue with the with the movie was that they, I'm gonna, I'm, I think I know what you're about to say. With the stunt casting that they did, especially with James Corden and Rebel Wilson, I feel like the director should have been. It's, yeah, the director kind of just let them do their own thing and didn't do any directing and just kind of let them do whatever they want. It could have been well cast had they directed. Yeah. I think all of, I think all of the different cats. Like I not just James Gordon and what's called. I think, and that's why I think Jason Derulo had so much fun because he was he was just getting into it and just just doing whatever the hell he wants. Because no one was because <laughs> the director wasn't doing anything. He was just kind of chilling while. But they that's did also it. that's also who Rum Tum Tugger is. Like if you listen to this to the lyrics of the yeah. Song. So for Rum Tum Tugger that worked, but then what do you had? Jenny Any Dots, and she's just being Rebel Wilson, and you needed Buster a director to be like just being James Corden, yeah. But that being mm-hmm. said, I feel like James Corden is Buster for Jones, so it just worked out well for him. It works, but for Jenny Any Dots, to be Dots, honest, I had a lot of fun watching it. Yeah, so I think with the movie, there's just like a lot of technical errors, which we're not going to even go into because, again, like we don't need to say, oh, the animation was terrible because it's just kind of general knowledge. Everyone knows animation is terrible; it's not yeah. even a thing to discuss. Uh, Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser. Oh, this accents, is a... but everything else was fun. Okay, now the question with that one: Did you listen to both versions of it? I did. Because the version that is in the pro shot that is on Broadway HD is the original London version. Then when it came to Broadway, they decided we're going to take this song and the fun melody and make it a lot less fun sounding. Yeah, I did not like the 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 Broadway one. I, I liked I liked this one a lot more. I wasn't even I didn't even know that they changed it till we saw the movie and I was like, "Wait a minute, what did they do this song?" But apparently this is just like a commonly known thing that, "Oh yeah, when it came to Broadway, they changed it, and now everyone just knows the new version better." 
I hate the new version. The new version is so much, it's so boring. That one is so boring. It's sad. It's like slow. and It's sad. And you lose the fun personalities of them. Because in the London version, they're just, it's a upbeat and everyone is, it, it's popping. It's a bop. I agree. All right. Then old Deuteronomy comes out. It's, it's the cult leader. It's the cult. But the thing is with Old Deuteronomy, because Old Deuteronomy has quote unquote died and relit and has yeah. lived through so that many is, That's the cult storyline. Are you that's kidding me? What she's that's telling what... people to get them into this cult that you can die and be reborn. If you listen, listen, if a person came to you and told you I've died and been reborn and all you have to do is perform in Jellico Ball and at the end of it, I'll pick a winner and they will go to Jellico Heaven, the heavenly place. And the they will then layer. be reborn into a new Jellicle cat life. It's just a cult. Yeah. That's entirely it's, what it, it is. It's, there are a lot of cult tactics throughout this entire... Yeah. And also the way that they treat him when he walks in. Where they're all like touching him. The yeah. nuzzling and the touching and the, oh, it's old Deuteronomy, come run for him, whatever. It's, it's old Deuteronomy. Well, he's also the oldest of all of them. I'm I, I I'm reading all of your 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 caps locks uh, ranting. Would you Would you like to read it out for the class? Oh, I would love to. Okay. Well, first of all, this just became a dance show for a solid ten minutes, <laughs> and no one talks about it. What do you mean it just start? It turned into a dance show. The entire opening number is but dance. But it's sandwiched by music. It makes sense. Whatever. There is ten minutes where they are just dancing, and the music changes. And I was, I was like not looking for three seconds. And then I noticed, wait a minute, there's no more lyrics coming up. And I looked up and for 10 minutes, I was just watching really bad choreography. There's no lyrics, no what's it called. It's just dancing. No story. Um, yeah. No, but my point is what I wrote in all caps here is all I'm saying is that there's a reason that memory is the only song people know from Cats. And it's not the reason everyone only knows Seasons of Love from Rent. It's because it's a fantastic song that Cats does not deserve to have. It is the only thing that can stand on its own. And I stand by that. Anyway, moving on. Okay, let's talk about Gus the Theater Cat. I love Gus the Theater Cat. I do. I thought it was adorable and endearing. It was boring, but it tugged at the heartstrings. It was really interesting was to boring? watch. Oh my God. The shade from- It's the best acting in the entire thing. The only thing that can hold a candle in terms of acting is Elaine Page. Yeah. Um, the acting is phenomenal. The emotions seem so real. The ghost cat at the end was- Ghost cat was uh, uh, fire, yes. yes. And that in the movie was Ian McKellen, yes. who sang it, all of it by himself. Yes which I found to be very interesting. I found to be interesting, but I found in the movie, they let, they took these songs that were sung by multiple people and just had one person sing it. And I feel like it takes away the dimensions of the song. Yes, absolutely. It does. Absolutely. Like that's what I'm... Which again, back to um, Jenny Annie Dots, in the movie, they just had Rebel Wilson sing that whole thing. And we totally lost those really fun barbershop harmonies in that song. Mm-hmm. Yep. The next one is Skibbleshanks. You've been waiting this whole episode for the Skibbleshanks segment. Uh, and, then, and then right after that, you wrote, uh, pacing feels really weird. Yes. And that's what I was talking about. I want to get to the, I have I have a note on that later I want to mention, but well, that's later. It, it, the, pacing, the pacing is really weird because we're getting a glimpse of Skibbleshanks the Railway Cat and then he disappears and never comes back. And 
I kind of love that because it's Skibble Shanks, the railway cat. <laughs> He's a very fun cat. He's the cat of the railway train. <laughs> um, I want to say that again, the train was very well done. It's it's one of those yeah. things where again they they pulled the junk and they made it into something else. It, it's done very well. Yeah. Uh, McCavity. Talking about McCavity. It is very, very interesting, and I actually really appreciate that the villain song is not actually done by the villain, because part of McCavity is that he is the mystery cat. Yeah. He's the mysterious McCavity, and so to not have him have a voice throughout the entire thing except the evil laugh, it feels very classic villain, Yeah, but it also feels very appropriate, and I think, I like that they followed through within the music on their theme of having him be this complete mystery. Yeah. Because the only thing we hear about him is from Demeter and Bumblebee and it's done very well. Yes. And then we get into the fight scene, which is strange because all of a sudden it's a ballet dance show again, and I was not impressed. I loved it. I thought it was so great. But we already know I have issues with the choreographies. But I think the, I think the choreography for that segment was very well done and... It was, again, the show is very visual. Yes. And I think for the audience, it really told the story. It, it did its job. I was just unimpressed. Well then. <laughs> <laughs> My standards are a little too high. Mr. Mistopheles. Mr. Mistopheles. First of all, every time I hear his name, all I can think of is the song Love Runs Out because they mention Amistopheles. Um, and his name is a direct reference to the demon yeah really yeah which is like the whole idea of him being an illusionist is supposed to also be a reference to the fact that the cat is a demon but, but they they sanitize it a little bit because he's a lot of it entirely it goes with the cult theme it does go with the cult theme which i, I find very i find that very interesting because in this show he's kind of like yes he's an illusionist but he's still like a very nice guy and everyone likes it yeah he has, a, he has a light up outfit. It's great. Wait a minute. We could talk about this because I remember in our last episode, we were very much talking about who are the hero, who are the villains. If we're going to call Old Deuteronomy the cult leader, does that make him the villain? No. And does that then make McCavity, who's, try- who's trying to get like overthrow Old Deuteronomy, is he secretly the hero? To some extent, yes. I love that idea. Hot takes, hot takes. It's McCavity's very obviously the antagonist, but Deuteronomy is kind of the villainous character to some extent, which is very interesting. I love that idea. First of all, memory, we have to talk about it because how in the world can anyone hear the climax of that song and not be affected by it? I had literal chips. Watch me. Yeah. Because again, with that song, by the time she gets to touch me, she has been saying about how hard everything has been, how yeah. rough the whole her whole experience has been, that she's been so ostracized from all of the cats. And Grisabella feels like the hero. She has the most she has the most story, the most arc. She's the one you come back to and you want to see more of. She's the one who gets some sort of closure by the end. And I mean, it, it leads me to my, my biggest problem, which is if winning the Jellicle Ball is just essentially dying, then how sad is it that Grisabella wins? I mean, like, yeah. I want to clarify something. Within the story of the show, when you go to the heavy side layer, heaven side layer, 
it's not supposed to be specifically dying it is supposed to be right. you are now go moving on to your next life as a cat because cats live multiple lives no which is true and i appreciate that um but but my my point being that she suddenly managed to get everyone to love her and now people are touching her and she kind of doesn't get a second to appreciate that before she's being ushered on to the next world and it feels a little bit empty well i mean this is a very grand honor that they are giving her which is true but i wish i just wished that she had a little bit more time to appreciate so 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 as someone who gets that that the fact that she doesn't kind of get the time to appreciate everyone touching her i feel like that'd be a very different (laughs) musical (laughs) no but appreciate just physical affection in any way especially for a cat i think she does it doesn't feel like enough but yes the touch is important but also the acceptance and you could see that she yes how she feels about now finally after all this time being finally accepted by all the other cats no that's true and you're right i'm just it felt a little bit empty not completely but a little bit also elaine page yeah elaine page is she was fantastic fantastic okay we are quickly running out of time so i just wanted to make one more point two more points technically uh one was that the cast the london cast is undeniably talented and i really appreciate just the, the pure raw talent of the London cast. It's it's a very, very, very excellent cast. When I was watching the credits at the end, they have a cat that comes out, which is, that looks notably like a POC, like a person of color. Yeah. And it's named Exotica. And yeah, I'm, I'm that's so not happy with that. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with that. Intensely uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's just, Ooh, that yeah, is, no, I it's agree a problem with that. For that me. is that is problematic. Yeah, and that's all I wanted to say. Let's let's do a quick favorite character, favorite song, starting with Ricky. Okay, my favorite character is probably Rum Tum Tugger, <laughs> but my favorite song is probably Macavity, because that is ooh, that is such a bop. Okay, Ellie. Uh, mm. I wonder who Ellie's favorite cat is. It's 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 difficult. Hmm. I got it. It's Skimble Shanks, the railway cat. Um, yeah, a thousand percent of it. Both song and character. Cat. I do love memory, but memory is on a whole nother level that I I'm not including on the cat's musical. So yeah, Skimble Shanks and Skimble Shanks. Okay, and then as for me. My favorite song is obviously Memory. I think I've, I've said that for 40,000 times, but if we're going to disregard Memory um, because of its otherworldliness, I think my favorite is probably... Ooh, interesting. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Ah! No, I can. Mr. Mistopheles. I love that song. It's so cute. It's oddly placed, but it's really cute. It is really cute. I feel like if you edit that right, you could probably make a six-hour repeat version of that song of them just singing that same line over and over again. <laughs> I need I need to go online and see if that exists. Otherwise, someone in the someone needs to make a six hours of Mr. Misophilies video. It probably does. 
Um, and then as for my favorite, I mean, Grisabella, obviously, but I also want to take a moment to appreciate yet again the beauty that is McCavity as a character and as a mystery and had the way everything is balanced with him as a character is done very well. Also, let's appreciate Jemima just because yes. she's stunning. But yeah. like, that's a different His story. That's, that's not character. And let's let's appreciate that McCavity is not naked Idris Elba. Oh my god. Yes. First of all, I mean, I don't know why I like everyone thinks Idris Elba is like super, super sexy. I just personally don't find, find him attractive. When I saw him in Cats, my the level of attractiveness dropped. Oh my god. Oh. Okay. Well, I think that's all the time we have for today. You can catch the pro shot of Cats on Broadway HD, available now for streaming. Thanks again for listening. This has been the Theater Queens podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Castbox, and RSS at Theater Queens Podcast and at Theater underscore Queens on Twitter.